0: Let's go. This is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist podcast, now with a Digitent family of podcasts. Thanks so much for being here, guys. I hope you're having an amazing week. Before we get started, um, just have a lot of like exciting products um, to offer you guys. Aerial Rehab, what is meant to be the bridge between PT and your aerial class. Uh, it's in the show notes. I have a full course, beginner to intermediate. Silks, uh, all the 101s, and then we get into choreography as well, and a lot of drop technique there. Uh, Roll It Out, which is our weekly live virtual 60 minute body rolling class. We do it on Sundays at 7 p.m. Pacific. You have access to the student portal, lots of videos there. It is your answer to how you're going to get your rolling done every single week and make your maintenance a priority for your body. And then, of course, uh, teacher training open for applications June 25th, June 24th and 25th. And we're going to do, uh, you know, Zoom as well the month before. All right, guys. I would love to be your teacher. Check it out there if you're interested in any of that. And today we have Beth Williams. She trained a circus in London, traveled around and worked, and then ended up uh, performing with OVO. With Circe Soleil, she now has a infant, and she is in the UK with her husband. They're in the process of putting up a studio in their town, and um, this is a really great interview talking about how she trained throughout her pregnancy, what felt good, what didn't, um, how she kind of. Um, maneuvered through you know through all that time and and now already back at it um when we recorded she was 10 weeks postpartum all right guys let's get started
1: so i'm beth i'm based in the uk um and i'm an aerialist so i'm a performer and i'm also a coach um, i went to the the national center for circus arts in london I graduated from there in 2013, and then from 2013 up until COVID hit, I was on tour as a, as a performer. What show was that? Um, so I was in a whole load of different shows. Um, I worked sort of all over the world, and then from 2018 to 2020, I was in over with Cirque du Soleil. What is, your, what is your apparatus? I do duo straps with my partner, he's my husband. Um, I do solo straps, pole, flying pole, um, aerial hoop, and yeah, I think that's that's pretty much pretty much it. I also I love stretching, contortion, things like that. Beth, how many how many months are you postpartum? I am um, ten weeks and one day today, so. I'm in an early stage at the moment. Than you. <laughs> yeah. You
0: are in what I call purgatory, the, the, which is the fourth trimester. So if you, is this your first kid? This
1: is my first, yeah.
0: First of all, was this a planned pregnancy? Yes. Yes, definitely. It was. Yeah. Okay. So you plan to take time off of work and all that. Tell us about prenatal, your prenatal your prenatal time
1: okay um so my goal with the pregnancy was to keep doing as much as i could as long as possible um mainly because one i just love my job and i wanted to keep going as long as possible i think it's really good um just for your mind to keep doing something to have focus i didn't want to just stop um, especially when it's something that i've trained so intensively for so long. Um, But I also felt that in keeping fit for as long as possible, it would actually help with the labor. Um, So, yeah, so I kept going as long as I could. And I had to keep adapting throughout the pregnancy, sort of cutting bits out, toning things down. Um, But yeah, I, I did manage to keep going for quite a long time.
0: How long did you end up training?
1: Okay. So the first three months, my training was pretty much as it always is. It was, I could train pretty hard. Um, the only thing I couldn't do was I pretty much straight away took out back bends. I found doing any, you know, chest stands, really extreme bridges. I felt straight away. I don't want to be doing this month four, I think I was still training for performances. I had coming up in, in month five, month five, I was still performing. Month six, I, I created a new pole act that I adapted to make kind of pregnancy safe. Um, and month seven, I was still on the straps with my husband. We did a, a really lovely photo shoot. Um, and then the final months, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing very much aerial at all. I was just, I was really big, really heavy. I rested a lot. Um, but I did keep doing yoga and I did keep stretching.
0: Did you have mush, uh, morning sickness?
1: Yeah. Yeah first 16 weeks it was horrendous oh my goodness yeah
0: how did you keep on performing so regularly if you were that nauseous did you just like
1: (gasps) yeah I just had to do it I just yeah I just went through it um I I checked that there wasn't anything sort of bad about training with the sickness and when I found that it was you know going to be a little bit uncomfortable but quite um you know, perfectly all right to do, then I just went, okay, here's what I have to do. Um, you know, you're an aerialist too, I know. So we we know kind of good pain, bad pain. And sometimes you just got to work through it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I ha- I had the morning sickness too. It's, it's terrible because <laughs> it's just terrible. It's, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any pain during the pregnancy? Did you have any? Yeah. How about the second or third trimester?
1: Um, No, I sort of magically overnight disappeared. I was really lucky. Um, And I've got to say, I think one of the reasons I was able to keep going with the aerial so long was that I did have a really, really easy pregnancy. Um, After those first few months, it was I had no sickness, no nothing, just everything was great. I felt good. Um, So I was really, really lucky. I think if I'd had a harder pregnancy, I probably wouldn't have done what I did.
0: Did you have a birth plan and did you end up being able to follow it?
1: Yeah, um, I went with um, hypnobirthing. I wanted to have kind of, I wanted to keep things as natural as I could. And I wanted to be in a birth pool. Um, I think it was, it was about five days before baby was born. They did a scan and they told me, okay, he's too big. You're going to need an induction, which I didn't want. Um, so I, I turned that down. I had a good chat with my midwife and we decided, okay, we're going to turn that down. Um, but I was aware the baby was quite big. Um, and, um, yeah, so they, they said to me, you're going to need an induction. I turned it down. Um, I took a few days, baby came naturally, but they had said to me, you won't be able to have, um, your birth in the midwife led unit because we need you. Um, up in the kind of normal hospital area, just because we need you to be under the watch of uh, consultants and that kind of thing in case the baby is really as big as we think. Um so yeah, I, I didn't have my birth in the place I wanted, but I was still able to go in the birthing pool. I still didn't need interventions. Um, and that's how it went. So I was I was lucky with that as well. Contractions started 7 a.m. in the morning. Um enough for me to get out of bed and be like, wow, things are starting. I think 12 hours later, they were strong enough for me to go into hospital. And then he was born at two in the morning. From 7pm to 2pm is a fairly short labour, apparently. It didn't feel short at the time, but I know lots of people have much, much longer, much harder ones. So I'm not going to complain. Baby was uh, £4 lighter than they thought. They thought he would be £9. He was (laughs) £8.6. I would say giving birth was hands down the hardest thing I've ever, ever, ever done. (laughs) Um, It was also the most worthwhile thing I've ever done. So, yeah, totally worth it. Really, really hard. Yeah.
0: Um, I did all of
1: the yoga. I did all of the breathing practice and it was still very difficult. So at the moment, it's still obviously really early days. I'm just 10 weeks. Um, so I'd say I don't really have a a daily routine at the moment. Um, I started to stretch, I think about 12 days after giving birth, just to get on the mat, just to put my yoga stuff on and kind of feel like I'm doing my thing. Um, and then I had a big gap, I think six weeks, six weeks later, I then thought, right, okay, I'm going to try some handstands and I've done sort of maybe, one brief 20, 25 minute session a week um, for the last three weeks. And that's, that's been it really. Um, taking it very slow until I get, uh, I think till 12 weeks, I should get sort of clearance that my abs are fully back together. And then I'll start to kind of build things up a bit more. Um, I plan on starting with some sort of easier conditioning and then taking things a bit harder going onto the straps, that kind of thing.
0: How much of a separation do you have right now? Uh,
1: Right now, it's really tiny. Um, I I want it to be, you know, back to normal (laughs) before I really start to work, because I don't want to obviously push things before they're ready.
0: Are you, are you doing the breath work and then?
1: Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, it's all really good for for sort of healing afterwards. Yeah. Do you do you know that stuff yourself, or do you have somebody guiding you through that? Um, I've, I've done a bit of both. I've got someone guiding me, but I've also been looking videos, YouTube, everything. Yeah. I'm a big uh, researcher when it comes to all of this.
0: And Beth, do you have a, sh- are, are you on leave from a show right now?
1: No. So, uh, we were on OVO until COVID and then everyone got sent home the show closed Um, and then we, basically my husband and I, we decided to settle in the UK and we're looking to open up a school here. Um, so that's what we're working on now is getting a new training space, hopefully in the next few months up and running.
0: Goodness, I am so excited for you.
1: Yeah, it's really, really exciting.
0: Um, are there a lot of studios in the UK? Um, there are enough
1: studios in the UK, but I've moved to a place where there isn't actually anything for aerial in in the actual city I live in. Um, so we will be the the first one with sort of a full rig and everything.
0: What what
1: town do you live in? What city do you? So I'm in? in I'm in Swansea, which is in South Wales. It's um, if you were to drive, it would be about three and a half hours west of London. Um, and it's it's a really beautiful it's a small city it's got beaches we've got mountains nearby um it's big enough to have everything you need but it's it's quite little and sort of very friendly um you tend to sort of bump into people you know all the time really lovely place
0: are you at all sad
1: that you're not performing? so I plan on keeping on performing. I don't definitely okay. don't want to give that up um I'm not part of a tour at the moment. So, th- for example, the tour I was on with Cirque du Soleil, we were um, moving cities or moving countries sort of every week or every two weeks. So it was really fast-paced, really intense, a lot of travelling. Um, so we will be definitely settled here running our school. Um, but I do hope to keep doing gigs, keep hope-, hope to keep doing performances. Um, maybe not as many, you know, maybe not eight to ten a week like I used to do. Um, but definitely, I, I, I definitely don't want to give up, uh, performing at the moment. I still love that.
0: And then your husband, are you guys, he's still training. He
1: still does his thing as well. Yep. He's still training and performing and coaching. Um, and yeah, as soon as I'm back to training, we'll be back to doing duo work again, probably with a little one in a crib somewhere in the, in the training space or something.
0: <laughs> Do you mind if I ask how old you are?
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm 37.
0: Thirty seven. Yeah. Also because I'm not super young, I'm oh I'm gonna be turning forty six in May. Oh, okay. And all of my all of my friends are right around my age or maybe just, you know, forty and their performing lives are thriving. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. wonderful to see that all the hard work that we put in can still be
1: put to use yeah absolutely absolutely um I think because I come from a ballet background um I had it in my head from quite a young age that my career would be really short I I kept being told by teachers you know by 30 you're going to retire um so when I went to circus school at 25 and I graduated at 28 I thought come on I need more than you know a two-year career after I've put all this work in um so, to still be going at 37 is fantastic. And I hope to still be going in 10, 10 more years. Um, and I, I, was watch, I was listening to your podcast when you interviewed, I think it was Carolyn, who's, I think, was she 73?
0: Yes, Carolyn Griggs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing. And that just, I think that's just really inspiring to see um, people who are older keeping on going, keeping on being amazing at it. I hope to be like that too.
0: Me too. Me too. I hope to be like that. I also feel like, um, I was a dancer first Yeah. and my dance career is actually kind of like the arc of it is behind me, Mm
1: -hmm. which I'm
0: very okay with because to me, dance is so painful and it was the type of dance I was doing. I was, you know, doing a lot of commercial hip hop and commercial dance. So Mm -hmm. it was painful, you know, the heels and then all the things that you're doing with your body that are not functionally really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, um I I feel the same way and it's wonderful to have this thing in my life. Did you when you were 25 in circus school what was the what was the average
1: age of the people around you? Um most people would go at 18. Um there was a okay. small group of us who were older. Um but yeah, I'd say generally 18, 19, that kind of age was was the general age. Um, so, yeah, even there, I, I did feel really old, <laughs> which is mad at 25, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I think that's great. It's great to have something that you can do later. You can go into from gymnastics or from dance or, or whatever and and be able to have a decent length career afterwards.
0: Yeah. And how is that transition from dancer to circus person? What was the hardest thing about training
1: in circus? Um, arm strength. yeah so I yeah I had sort of tiny ballet arms and I definitely couldn't lift myself at the beginning it took some time um but other than that I would say the kind of the mentality you you need to succeed in either is pretty much the same the the dedication the determination the way you kind of approach training really similar Um, yeah so yeah that transition was was pretty easy in most ways did you find that well, my,
0: my path is different than being in a circus school like that because I was freelancing as a mm-hmm. dancer the whole time, and I only started Ariel when I was 30 myself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it was different because I, I also still struggle with the, with the upper body strength. I always talk about it, but I think it's more of my body than mm-hmm. my age. Um, every time I really train hard, like to the point where I was like, oh man, I really like maxed out. I get injured slightly. So I, I really have to inch it and then pull it back and inch it and pull it back. So right now I've been. I've had a right shoulder injury in July that got solved about six months later. And then right after that started feeling better, my left shoulder started feeling really messed up and weak. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So I don't know if it's because, I mean, I might have a strained ligament in my left side. But anyways, you know, it's like, who knows? Who knows? What I think is happening is a strain Myself with Bean. Okay. (laughs) Holding her. Yeah. Her sleeping on my L, like my shoulder in the wrong way. Yeah. Bringing my hand back from my seat to reach her in the car seat.
1: Yeah. I think this is how I'm. That you do. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think that's how it ends, how it starts. And then I'm in the aerial gym five days a week teaching.
1: That's really hard. Yeah, I think it's you. I mean, you use your body so much when you're teaching. And then, you know, you're doing your mom stuff as well. And then you go to do your own training. And, you know, it can get get a little bit too much.
0: Well, I think in both instances, I'm not thinking of myself first. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm warming up with my students. I go to demo something, I might not have done anything, but like a couple, a couple things to warm up. I try, I try really hard, Yeah. but yeah, so it's, it's, it's that. (laughs) So between all of that and then not being as young as I was, then, you know, I've got these issues, but we're going to hope that after the shoulder starts feeling better that I have a little reprieve from being injured. But, um, but luckily I do have all the tools that we have from years and years of doing this and then Pilates and blah, all the things. Would you have any advice for the ladies out there Um, if you could give any guidance about how to train that long?
1: Obviously, everyone is different and every body is different and every pregnancy is different. But what I would say is don't rule out, don't have a sort of set mindset about what you will or won't be able to do because you might find that actually you can do a lot more than you think during pregnancy so I didn't really imagine at seven months I would still be able to go on the straps but I was fine um, and I was healthy and it was good for me to do that and you might find that too so um, my advice is um, just go with your how your body feels and if you feel that you can do it and you're healthy and you're safe, then go for it because it's it's really good for your your sort of mental well-being to keep, to keep doing the things that you love.
0: And when it comes to the midwife you were working with or the doctors that you were working with, did, did you feel like they were on the same wavelength as you?
1: Um, so I never told them I was still doing aerial because I thought that <laughs> would have <I love> <laughs> really uh, freaked them out. Um so they were on the same wavelength in terms of my birth plan and everything like that. But all the aerial, no, I definitely didn't want to. <laughs> didn't want to tell them that. <laughs> because they, did they have
0: an understanding of what that stuff was?
1: No, I think it's really hard for people who don't do aerial to understand what that is. Um, yeah. So, for example. Like I said, even in my first trimester, there were things, you know, back stretches, things that I immediately felt I, I don't think I should be doing this, and I took them straight out. Um, but I didn't think that maybe a, a medical practitioner might understand that I could do that, that I can adapt. They might imagine that at nine months I'm on a flying trapeze or something, um, you know, without a net or doing crazy stuff. I, I wasn't. I was really scaling back what I would usually do, um, making everything easier. I took my big tricks out. Um, work low down, all of that kind of thing. So yeah, I just yeah, I love this. Would have that understanding. Yeah, because you
0: you trusted that you knew your body the best and you knew the skill set the best. Because you know, if you ask somebody who's not an aerialist what the differences between like a meat hook where you're twisting your belly so much and like just doing a straight inversion, how are they supposed to know what the mechanics of that are?
1: Yeah, exactly yeah, and I felt like their advice would be, "Whoa, come down, don't do anything. Um, yeah, which I just didn't feel would be the right advice for me. so, yeah, I just didn't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing
0: because i I love it and it's smart. It's smart. <laughs> I love it. Um, this is amazing. So I'm really excited for you with the studio. What's your timeline?
1: Um, well, the difficulty has been actually finding a unit with the height and everything that we need. Um, we think that we found one, so we're hoping in the next couple of months, things will start to happen. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll keep you posted.
0: What are you going to provide that? What, what kind of, uh, classes?
1: Um, everything circus really. Um, so my husband, he was a a solo and duo aerial straps and also solo hand balancer. Um, but between us, we've got trapeze and silks and, um, hoop and flying pole and pole dance, everything really. Um, yeah. So really exciting. Beth,
0: I would love to have you on, I don't know, in a year and see how you're, you know, do a check-in. I love doing the check-ins.
1: Perfect. That would be great. See where you're at. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Beth, for carving out the time. I know uh, that time is so busy um, sleeping and not sleeping and feeding. So we hope that you are having a smooth rest of your fourth trimester and look forward to seeing more about that uh, aerial gym that you guys are opening. All right, my friends, go to wrapyourheadaroundsilks.com to check out any of those things, great resources. I also have some free stuff there. Or if you'd just like to get my blog... You can also sign up in the show notes. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Please honor me with a five-star rating and a review. It means so much to me. It makes a big impact, actually. So if you could smash that five stars and leave a sentence, it would mean so much to me. Thank you for being here. If you just love the sound of my voice, Greener Grass is the other podcast that I host. And it is really broad, um, really wide about tons of topics. And, uh, you know, it's fun for just when you're getting stuff done around the house or on your commute. All right, my friends, great to have you. I will see you next time, over and out. This is Carrie. This is Expecting Aerialist, now with Digit Podcasts.